Hello, hello, and welcome to Business of Design, episode 293, and I have such a lovely guest for you today. Her name is Sarah Vondriel, and I'm Kimberly Selden, by the way. I sometimes forget to say that. I am an interior design professional, just like you. In fact, at this moment, I am surrounded by drawings, which aren't exactly where I need them to be, you know what I mean? I haven't spent the time I need on this one particular project to make it sing. So that's on my plate today. But this is a nice distraction. I met Sarah Vondrell when I did an event in New York City with Daniel House Club at Le Pair Showroom at the D&D building. No, wait a minute. It wasn't the D&D. It was 200 Lex. It was the uh, New York Design Center. That's what it was. And uh, I fell in love immediately with Sarah. She's just lovely and wonderful and so talented. She's a wallpaper designer. And you might wonder, why the heck would Business of Design have a wallpaper designer on the show? I can tell you because this woman had so much good advice, business advice, advice that will help you run your business better, stronger, faster. Oh, just music to my ears. Anyway, I was very excited to get Sarah on the show. And you all know that at the end of every episode, we do design intervention. And if you duck out before the end of the episode, shame on you. You should never do that. It's very bad luck. Very bad luck. You should listen to the last second. But just let's say you do. You may be missing the best part of the show. So today I'm going to turn everything upside down. And I am going to ask Sarah specifically about her design intervention because it is so good. We could talk for five podcasts about it. Sarah says she has a list of sound bites that she's gathered over the last three years, which she uses in introducing the brand to prospective partners. She goes on to say that although there isn't just one groundbreaking nugget, which is usually what design intervention has, cumulatively, 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 I can't do it. Oh my God, it's hilarious. Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to spell it for you. C-U-M-U-L-A-T-I-V-E-L-Y. You guys, please phone me and someone tell me, to someone show me how to say that word. Cumulatively. That is so hard. I am losing my mind. I'm crying at the moment. That's hilarious. Cumulatively, these sound bites drive Sarah every day. And oh my gosh, cumulatively, I need to get on to the show because clearly I can't speak today, but I know someone who can, Cheryl Horn. Let's check in for announcements. We're really glad you're here. And then I will introduce you to the awesome Sarah Vondriel. Cumulatively. I'm having one of those days where I can't put a sentence together. So I hope you're going to do the talking today. Oh, no. Pressure's on. It happens, right? It happens. Sometimes people say, I never stumble and I don't have ums and ahs and it's how do you do that or whatever. It's because I did live TV for so so long. But see, today I can't talk. So I don't know what's going on. And you do like improv classes and stuff, right? Yeah. You're all about last minute or on the spot. I am. I am. But nothing we do at Business of Design is last minute or on the spot. There's a ton of preparation that goes into everything, including a couple of big events we have coming up. Yeah. So they just, um, the two events that I want to focus on today are in 2023, but that's actually so close. Like September's over, we're into October. 
um, you know, the countdown is on. So uh, our two big ones, you're headed to Australia in March. So on March 6th and 7th, you're going to be doing a two-day intensive of the BOD-15. Ooh, I'm, I have another reason to be excited about going to Australia. My niece is moving there. She just took a job, so I'll be able to see Samara, who's going to be living in Sydney. But even equally exciting, I will say, like getting together with a bunch of designers in a beautiful space, because this is going to be held at Boyd Blue, where we are going to deep dive and change really, really change minds and lives and businesses in two days. It's going to be very intense and certainly rewarding for everybody who attends, including me. I always get so much out of this stuff. You know what? And it's been a long time since you've done the full steps live. Um, And it's, you know, I'm surprised when I see uh, those who have registered, I would say probably half are, you know, longtime podcast listeners, but this will be their first time taking the BOD 15. And then we have quite a few longtime members um, you know, because it's great being able to get through it on your own online. But if you have the opportunity to take it live and interact and ask questions as you're learning it, uh, it's a great opportunity. So hopefully, um, you know, more of our members in Australia will join us for that. So again, the dates are March 6th and 7th, 2023. And that's being hosted at Boyd Blue. Uh, we've also got our longtime member uh, and boss member, Jody Carter, who will be joining us for that seminar. Um, she's been on the podcast before, sort of weighing in on how the the 15 steps really do work in Australia. So, you know, she'll sort of be on con call if uh, anybody has questions about or, you know, debates the fact that certain pieces of this don't work there. Yeah, she's there to tell you, yeah, it works. Just try it. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of a rock star. She's she's somebody I think of immediately when I think of that member who implemented immediately and got immediate results. She comes and to does mind. the textbook version. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She corrects me sometimes hilariously. Yeah. And she is uh, part of a boss group. And the boss group insisted it was time to give myself a raise last year. So I did. And uh, I was reluctant, like I always am, but it worked out just fine. So thank you for the raise, everybody. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I don't have dates quite yet, but we are working on uh, running the BOD 15 next year in both Toronto and California. So we're going to, uh, you know, update everyone as soon as that information becomes available. But if you're interested and want to sort of get on a wait list, feel free to email me at charlottebusinessofdesign.com. And shortly after you get back from Australia, you're headed to Charleston and Savannah for the BOD Elite Retreat, which is happening April 27th to 30th. Again, 2023, just around the corner. So that's exciting. Registration is open um, and it's great to see. I've been getting a lot of inquiries about that one already. I'm thrilled. And weirdly, I think the city of Charleston has come up on the last like two or three podcasts. It's very strange how suddenly just somebody's mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, And it's on this one, too. She mentions uh, Sarah Von Driel mentions uh, being in Charleston with a group she has. So uh, I am also leaving, gosh, less than two weeks. I will be in Charleston and Savannah for a planning trip. And we have new content that we've been working on, which we're going to unleash there. And uh, while it is fun, and it is fun, and while we play and we drink wine and all that is great, we really are there to work hard. And the fact that so many people return year after year tells me we're on the right track because that's what they come back for, to push their businesses forward. Please join us. Please join us in Charleston, in Savannah. It's going to be an epic retreat. 
You know what? And I would say the top question that I'm getting right now is, do you need any sort of um, level or experience in order to attend the retreat? Is there any sort of requirement for that? You know, it's so interesting. We always have a handful of people who've been doing it a long time and therefore could sideline coach anybody who has questions. And then we have an equal number of people who are relatively new. And I often think it's the new people who get the most out of the retreat only because they are forced to a fast track. And they have all these other people saying, you can do it. Come on, catch up with us. You've got this. And I see them really accelerate. And, uh, you know, last year at the retreat, we had quite a few people who then turned around and joined boss groups. So that's a huge change from like beginning your business to now suddenly you're in a boss group. And the only reason you're in that group is because you were able to show that you understand and you're using the 15 steps and you've got the profitability or potential for profitability that we think is important to be part of that upper echelon group. Well, and I think a lot of the longtime members who come are there because they need to get re-energized, re-motivated, and those new to new or newer to the business uh, provide that. So I think that everyone has something to learn and everyone has something to offer in terms of teaching others. Yeah, it's really true. And I always come away having learned something a lot of the times because I push myself to create new content and think about what have I learned in the last year that I can pass on. I'm also reinforcing something that's newly important to me. And so I come away thinking, yes, I've got it. So whether we're talking about profitability and looking at your profit and loss statement or nailing down a system that you don't have, like it really truly is a hard working uh, four days you will come away um, really feeling different about your business and your potential. So please sign up for Charleston and Savannah. Can't wait to share these beautiful places with you. Yes, and again, um, it's going to be Thursday, April 27th to Sunday, April 30th, 2023. Registration is open. Um, we do have early bird pricing on right now that runs until December. And of course, if you're a Business of Design member, you're going to save even more on those tickets. So head to the website, check out the details, and then by all means, uh, reach out to me if you've got questions or if you're ready to uh, to register, we would love for you to join us. So good. What would be a better Christmas gift? I can't think of something I could give myself that would be more impactful than hanging out with all of you guys and, and taking my business to the next level. Thank you, Cheryl. So nice to see your face. You too. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Let me tell you about this amazing guest. After 20 years as a creative director in corporate and consumer branding, Sarah Vandriel discovered painting as a vehicle to create a quiet space from an emotionally traumatic experience. Man, you really have to admire somebody who comes through something like that stronger and better. And I'm sure Sarah's going to talk about that when we get to her interview. 
But what's most important is something amazing came out of that. What is that, you ask? Well, what resulted was a body of work which launched her into a new career as a textile designer. Her wallpaper and fabrics are available to the trade through her showroom representation across the United States. Sarah has a BFA in graphic design from RISD. I think they call it RISD and lives and works in New York City. You can and you should follow Sarah on Instagram at Sarah Von Driel and check out her website, sarahvondriel.com. If you're driving, don't even worry about it. Go to businessofdesign.com. Check out the show notes. You'll find all the information about Sarah right there. Sarah Von Driel, I miss you and I barely know you. <laughs> It was so fun connecting with you in New York a couple of weeks ago at What's New, What's Next. That was that was great. It really was. You know, it is so funny. Sarah and I were on this panel and there were five panelists and we're like, what a waste of time because five panelists, that's just not going to go well. It was amazing. Every panelist was awesome. And uh, Helene from Interior Design Magazine did a great job, you know, reeling us all in. Didn't you think she, that was fabulous? I should say that's Helene Oberman, by the way, from Sandow Design. They're the big publishing firm that owns Interior Design Magazine. Fabulous. She led that discussion so well. And I always admire people that can think on their feet like that and really connect the dots because we all had come from different places and backgrounds and had different perspectives, but they all had this common thread and that tied us all together. And she magically could find that place and steer us in that conversation. Yeah, actually, Love. it was pretty artful, I would say. I thought that was pretty yeah. artful. It's so funny, when I was doing your introduction, first of all, I said off the top of the show, like, a wallpaper designer, why do we have a wallpaper designer on Business of Design? Because you have great business advice, so we'll clear that up right away. And then the second thing that happened is I could not say the word cumulatively which I still am having trouble saying. So there's a whole like, like I swear it's like 20 minutes of me trying to say that word. So now you say that word. How do you say that word? Cumulatively. Oh, damn. See, she's a pro. It's a good thing you're here. We have so much to learn. think about it though. Right? It's like the word, it's like the word nuclear. When I say it, I have to think about it. Oh, no, I can do that one. But I know some people say it in a funny way, right? I say nuclear. Yeah, there's kind of a funny pronunciation. Um, Okay. Anyway, enough about the fact that I can't speak. You can speak. And (laughs) your application is so rich. I'm going to just put it out here right now. This is only the first time Sarah's going to be on the podcast, not the last time. And I thought I would do something really wacky with Sarah's permission. And that is start at the bottom of the application because we end every episode with, with design intervention. And But what you wrote in design intervention is so robust that it deserves real consideration. Do you even remember what you wrote? I do not. Refresh my memory. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you said you had a list of sound bites that you've (laughs) gathered over the past three years. And by the way, I didn't even ask you, 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 we, I mentioned off the top of the show that you started painting as a way to deal with some trauma in your life. And everybody's curious if you're comfortable, what happened and how did you end up picking up a paintbrush? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I had this lovely life in my twenties and thirties and I, I met my husband in Boston who was living here in New York and I moved to New York and I was a creative director in corporate and consumer branding. You know, we got married, we bought the apartment, we gutted the apartment, had a baby, you know, the whole thing, the whole story. Um, and 
my marriage ended very abruptly about seven years ago. And I was left kind of holding our life and our three-year-old. And Whoa. It, it, um, it was just painful. It, like my insides hurt. And I, I had never experienced an, something like that before. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Um, I just knew that it hurt. And you know, very slowly, I put one foot in front of the other and found all the right people to help support me. So that's you know, a therapist for myself, for my daughter, all the right attorneys and tax advisors. And you know, it's like a it's like project divorce, so to speak. You've got it's like any other project in business, right? Um, and when you can take that emotional component out and, and treat it more like a business transaction, it's much easier to navigate, you know, kind of segment things, put things in the buckets where they need to go. Um, but about six months into, let's say, establishing my network of support, I found some gouache a leftover from art school. I have a BFA in graphic design from RISD, and I'd never painted before, but we had used gouache for color theory class. And one night after my daughter went to bed, I dug up the gouache and started to paint and it felt really good. So I just kept doing it every night after my daughter went to bed. I love that you managed to find something that was um, helpful and healthful, right? Because I'm sure that my temptation would have been, I think I'm going to start drinking now. But of course, you had a three-year-old. There were some crushed grapes consumed, for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, did you have any idea that you had real talent? Because I've seen your wallpapers and fabrics. And like I said, you guys should all go to Sarah's website and check them out. Did you did you have any idea that you what was going to come out of that? No, none whatsoever. And it was just a personal project for me. It felt really good. It was it was helping me. Uh, create a quiet space for me to kind of lose my myself and my head in. But after I would say nine or 12 months, a friend was over for dinner and she saw the paintings kind of stacking up on my dining table. And she said, these are really beautiful. What are, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just painting, you know, it feels really good. My therapist says, keep painting. Um, and she said, no, 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 these are, these are gorgeous. And she's not from a visual field. She's in finance. Um, and I kind of blew it off at first. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe there is something here. And when I was at RISD, I, I was at a crossroads. I didn't know whether I was going to go into graphic design, architecture, or uh, textiles. Um, so textiles has been in my mind for a long time. I'm a, I am a two-dimensional thinker. Uh, architecture was, you know, that was off the board uh, pretty fast because none of my None of my 3D structures were standing up in 3D class. Um, <laughs> but um, I had, um, I've always had clients in the, the A&D space. And so I thought, you know what, maybe I'll show some of this work to people who are in this industry and see what they think. And that, that's really what set me off on this path. Amazing. It's hard to believe that something so painful might have been absolutely necessary for you to be able to find the true you, you know? It was the best thing that ever happened. It completely changed my life. And yeah. in the beginning, I I couldn't get through five minutes of the day and I couldn't think how I was going to just continue forward. Um and thank God it did. And I, I always have this mindset now of, you know, when you choose to go directly through something and it can be incredibly uncomfortable, the learning that happens from that and also the healing that happens 
from that is going to land you in a much better place versus going trying to go around over under it doesn't work um it's going to stink but i i can say from my experience that the other side is much sunnier Wow. Okay. That could have been another nugget that you left us with in design intervention, which is just go straight into the fire, go right into the face of the storm and deal with it head on. But I started to, thank you for sharing all that, by the way. I started to um, say that you sent us this list of things that you say are sound bites that you've hung on to and you've used them when you're trying to describe or teach others about what, well, about what your textile brand is all about. And so now they've become sort of personal mantras, if you will. And here they are in no particular order. I'll just read them out, Sarah, and then we'll ask you to comment on them one at a time. And the first is data drives decisions. This one, I think we may have to revisit again after this podcast, but you'll give us at least an overview. The second one, I think a lot of us are familiar with, but we want your take on it. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Next, it's going to take time to gain traction, followed by focus on revenue driving expenses. Ooh, that's a, that's a really good one. And the last one cracks me up because I think we all have something like this in our back pocket, but it's you can always go back to color trend consultations. So let's start with the first one, which is really something you talked about when we were in New York City together, the fact that data drives decisions. Tell us what that means and tell us how maybe we can apply that in our own business. Sure. So um, that little nugget is from um, a a former uh, CEO of of a bank, a large bank. Um, who is a, a dear friend. His, his wife is my best friend, actually. And, um, and we talk very conceptually about, about business. And um, he said that to me. And, I, you know, there's somebody famous that has said that quote. I don't know who said that quote. Um, but to me, it, may, it really resonated. And I think that as artists and designers, we can get very caught up in that creative moment and we need those moments to explore things and discover the unknown and bring things that didn't exist before into the world Um, but we're also running businesses and while we may love doing something let's just say for instance we're painting in hot pink right i love hot fluorescent pink (laughs) but not everybody wants hot fluorescent pink and if i made every single pattern, hot fluorescent pink, I would not have a business because the data tells me that nobody's buying that colorway. So I use that mantra really in looking at my numbers and it it really helps me define how I'm going to expand my collection and expand my business and also see what's not working and not invest dollars say in a certain direction because we already see that it's not performing well. And now a word from our sponsor. I'm very excited about this one, Kohler Signature Stores and Experience Centers. Have you ever done a project without Kohler? I don't think I have. Kohler Co., of course, is a global leader in the manufacture of kitchen and bath products, and it's continuing to expand its presence in North America, 
opening a 38th Kohler Signature Store in Torrance, California. Now that's not too far from me in Santa Monica. I may have to check it out, although I frequently use the West Hollywood stores. Kohler stores offer sophisticated displays, elaborately designed suites and vignettes, so I get great ideas, and they showcase all the Kohler family brands, Kohler, Kalista, Roburn, and Ansacks Tile and Stone. One of the cool things about these experiential spaces is they offer, for example, working shower systems, lighted mirrors, intelligent toilets. You can figure out how everything works so when you present it to your clients, you're the expert. Listen, just as I have an A-team of contractors, plumbers, and electricians, I also have an A-team of suppliers, and Kohler is at the top of my list. So I wholeheartedly recommend you check out the nearest Kohler Signature Store or Experience Center. And if there isn't one physically close to you, don't worry, you can visit them online and virtually. If you want to look good to your clients over and over again, and I know you do, you have to rely on brands you can trust. To find a Kohler Signature Store or Experience Center near you, go to stores.kohler.com or go to Business of Design and we'll have the link right there for you. Thank you, Kohler, for sponsoring Business of Design. We really appreciate it. Would you agree that one of the things that keeps us from making a decision based on data is the fact that we stay too busy sometimes? We don't have time for analytics. Maybe in your case, the showrooms who are representing your wallpaper and your fabrics are saying to you, hey, Sarah, this this pink thing is not working. We know you love it, but cut it out. But the poor interior design professional who's kind of working alone and maybe doesn't, you know, is just not taking time to look at that is probably in trouble. Like how important is it for us to slow down and pay attention to what's actually resonating, what's actually making a smart, smart business sense for us? Yeah, I mean, I yes, my showrooms are invaluable um, in terms of support and giving me information, especially as a relatively new brand. Um, because for a while we're just starting to get real metrics. This is year three. Um, and so that information of course is helpful, but having that feedback from our sales reps that know the industry really well and can say, Hey, this is our thinking, you know, do what you want, (laughs) but, but here's our, here's our two cents. Um, I think that for the small, you know, one or two person design firm, I think it's so important to keep track of what you're spending on things and the documentation of all of that and using a program that allows you to look at those numbers in a dynamic way, um, be it, you know, QuickBooks or some other accounting program, um, because those numbers, they don't lie but you got to take the time or at least have somebody that's inputting that information because it's such valuable information. If you're not keeping track of it, what are you going to learn from what's happening? It's such a good point. I'm thinking of uh, designers who maybe think, I, you know, I'm going to specialize in kitchens or baths. I wonder before they do that, if you've actually run the numbers to see, do I make more money when I'm doing kitchens and baths or do I make more money when I'm decorating living rooms, for example? Because we were quite surprised to learn that kitchens and baths are actually not our most lucrative uh, product that we sell, right? 
And I know that now because the numbers show me over and over again, which means I don't want to just do a kitchen or bath. For me, that's not going to be the the project of my dreams. I'm happy to do one if it's part of a whole house top to bottom, right? But I would never know that if I didn't take time to look at those numbers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yes, I can kind of like, like stick my finger up into the wind, right? And feel the, <laughs> feel which way the wind is, is blowing, but but that I want more micro, like I want the hard numbers to tell me what exactly is going on. And, you know, just recently we've, we've looked at the various categories because we're, so we're doing fabric, wallpaper, selling fine art, and we're exploring some other categories as well. And, and looking at the change in revenue just over a six month period, it, we're able to see which category is performing better, which then tells me, you know what? we might need to adjust what we're doing next year. We might need to put a little bit more money or release another collection in this category because why wouldn't we? If one category is growing at a rate of 45% and one is growing at a rate of 127%, that's pretty clear <laughs> where you need to go. Gosh, that's that's such good advice. And yet I think so often I let my heart make those decisions you know, and I get sort of stubborn. I think, well, I'm just going to throw money at this other category that's not performing well. And what you're saying is no, abandon, 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 move on to the thing that is actually working. And then, you know, for fun, knock your socks off and go and do, go and do that other thing for, you know, for fun and sport, but don't make that, don't make that the thing you rely on to earn a living. Exactly. And there's always going to be that, I mean, perhaps for the, for designers, um, Yes, you take on that uh, show house project, perhaps, because from a, a marketing and positioning perspective, it really gets you out there. And that, okay, fine, do that. Don't do four of those, right? <laughs> right? Don't do four, <laughs> do one. Um, and for us, the equivalent is, okay, we've got this really out there colorway and let's run it. We're just going to run one out there colorway because it, it does garner attention. And there will be that client that that is able to take that risk and put it in their home. And the press is going to write about it. But are we going to send sell tons of it? No, we're, we're not. We still need to have our neutrals and our blues, <laughs> right? Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. I love, we could talk about uh, that particular one. In fact, next time you come back, I just want you to talk to us about systems. You are so hyped up oh, on yeah. systems and they saved my life. So that'll be topic number two, everybody. Okay. Um, but I do want to ask you about this one. It's not a marathon. I mean, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm-hmm. So that's also super literal for me because I've been a distance runner since I was like nine. I, I was that crazy kid who would run around the block like a million times. And I, it just felt good. And I wanted to see how much longer I could go. And I've run a couple marathons. And one, one coach that I was working with said, we're going we're gonna to train you're trying to take this amount of energy and expand it across. You're building up to expanding it over 26.2 miles. And for me, that, that discipline that's required is fascinating. And I love the challenge of, of being able to maintain consistency for the longer haul. And that, that applies to so many things, you, you know, that applies to when I'm painting of really uh, exploring an idea and continuing to push it and being very methodical about being present on the page and 
letting one brush stroke lead to the idea of an of the next one and really seeing where that goes that that artistic process i think the analogy applies to artistic process um but it also applies to how you're structuring your business like this is this is not a quick a quick thing right like when you're starting a new business you have to go in with the mindset that this is something that's being built and it's not going to happen overnight and you need to be thoughtful about where you're putting your money in and where you're what things you're investing in to get a business off the ground and to have longevity. Yes, but it definitely should be a forward motion and using data to help you move forward, going back to the first one or data, depending on how you say it. Those two tie in together beautifully, as does it's going to take time to get some traction. So how does that tie into it's not a marathon? I mean, it's it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah, I, you know, you have to give yourself time. You have to manage your expectations. You're, for me, I, I kind of came in out of left field. I was in a three years ago, three and a half years ago, I was in a totally different industry. And you have to, you have to understand that you have to give yourself time to understand the space, um, how the space works, how to get your work out there meeting the right people that can help you achieve that and that are along for that marathon with you that are ready to sign up for that and are like-minded um and you know that's going to take time it and to your point about continuing to move forward you can still move forward i think it's just the expectation that look, look you're not going to make a bajillion dollars in the first year that's just not <laughs> that's not how it's going to work you you have to have you have to have the right sales teams in place. You have to let them do their job and introducing you and positioning you in their territory and how that all connects across the country. Um, I think that I think that patience is super important in this. Um, you have to you're taking a risk. There's a tolerance for risk that's that's involved in um, in time to to gain traction <laughs> and the showrooms you know a lot of my showrooms said that right off the bat they're like we need time to get this out there and as long as it's forward moving and you know we're seeing the numbers in a certain direction as long as we're seeing that direction it doesn't need to be like we're climbing this rock and it's straight up you know it needs to be this steady the steady diagonal isn't that wonderful that they're giving you the space to grow slowly? Because I just imagined there might be a lot of pressure from showrooms to perform immediately. Well, and I think they also respect that we're not putting that pressure on them either. That there's mm -hmm. a respect that they know what they're doing and we know what we're doing and we're doing it to together. This isn't an us them scenario. Um, so I think as long as in going into it, we've had those conversations. So as long as everybody is on, on board with what is the goal and how are we, how are we getting there? It, it's, we're building something and that's, that's the key word there. Two of your points, uh, relate to kind of a slow and steady and methodical approach and gaining slowly. And then you mentioned the word risk, and that takes me to your point about you can always go back <laughs> into color trends later. I have a feeling I know what that means, but it just makes me laugh. Tell, tell me about that. <laughs> so um, that, that quote is 
from this really wonderful kitchen designer who I met at um, Paris Deco Off in 2020 before the world shut down. It was the first time I had been to Deco Off. My, my, my brand had been on the market all of six months. And, um, and so we had this lovely chat during a dinner, some big group dinner. And I remember him saying to me, you can always back into color trends later. Don't worry about, you know, don't worry about that. And I took that with me and I was like, yeah, he's right. I just, I shouldn't hold back. I should just do what I'm going to do and let the work flow. And then we can always pull back later. Like that, that's the easy part. You're like, oh, let's match that to a Benjamin Moore, you know, whatever gray color. Great. Do that later. Um, so I, I, I do have that voice. Sometimes I think it's, you want to do the safe thing that you think is going to be the workhorse. And I, I struggle with that all the time. It's like, I, I do need to have those workhorses in, in the collection because this is a business. It needs, this is what's funding the growth of the business and allowing me to have the, the space to do the work that I'm doing. Um, so I, I, I do have to challenge myself to remember like, okay, turn, turn that off right now and just do the work that feels right and forget about everything else because you can always update the color later. It's so good. I just have a feeling every one of us has that something tucked into our back pocket. If this doesn't work, I'm going to do the following, you know, thing. And I think a lot of people would say, I'm going to do color consultations. So that's why it made me laugh. <laughs> I could do those all day, every day. And uh, that would be kind of fun, actually. So I guess if that's worst case scenario, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, I just have to ask, is that a um, slim errand behind you? A, oh, yeah. It's a oh. uh, side gossip. I, so you know, it's, it's such a quintessential photograph. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little overseen, I guess, but I love it. And I, I love Palm Springs. And I just want to know what those women are talking about. I know, right? <laughs> Doesn't it really? Like every time I see it, I just look and I look and I think, what are they saying? I'm pretty sure they're talking about their husbands or whatever. Like, you know, you know what he did this week? <laughs> well, you know, I, so about, I have a funny story about going there. I took my daughter who at the time was seven. We went for spring break. I was like, let's go to Palm Springs, like a super quick, long weekend. It's really easy. We'll go like stay at the Ace. We'll swim in the pool. It's going to be awesome. So we go and I had been several times before. I said, you know, Juliet, you know that photograph that we have? Well, that house is actually here. And she was like, really? I'm like, yes. Do you want to go see it? And the, <laughs> the hotel had bicycles that we could use. And her legs are short. She's only seven, right? And the house is probably three miles away. I'm like, come on, let's go. And she's like, mommy, are we almost there? I'm like, just a little further. And so we get there and you can't go in, right? It's a, it's a residence. And she looks at me and she's like, what do you mean we can't go in? She felt so blindsided and manipulated. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, Juliet. I just wanted to come see it and I wanted you to come see it. So I have this picture of her with a frowny face and she has this, this bright yellow um, bike helmet on that, of course, ties into the yellow in that photograph. It's a crank up. Anyway. That's hilarious. So, and then, but then she had to turn around and cycle three miles back. <laughs> oh, yeah. That cost me a pan of chocolate for sure. Oh. When when she grows up and writes a book about you, that is definitely in there, like chapter three. Let's go into chapter three. Yes. <gasps> okay, we got distracted, but now we should probably. It's Slim Errands, I think, yeah. right? And it's the name yeah. of. The, is it 
Poolside Gossip. Is that the yes, name of the? Okay, gossip. we'll yeah. put that print up at Business of Design so you can see it if you're not familiar with it. It's super fun, and I, I love that. Okay, the last one in your list, although I'm sure there are more now that we're thinking about it. Focus mm-hmm. on revenue driving expenses. What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, in starting a business, there are all kinds of expenses that that hit you that you, you don't even anticipate. I mean, geez, my laptop has been working fantastic, but now my battery is about to die and I'm buying a new laptop. I didn't expect to do that this year, <laughs> but that's an essential. Um, and, you know, the focus for me, the first, let's say, two and a half, three years of this business um, has been product development and marketing and getting myself out there and getting the brand known and establishing my showroom networks. And now that we've, we've invested a lot of time and money in, in laying that foundation, um, there are a lot of things that are just, they're working now. And I don't need to allocate funds for some of those things. And where the business is going to grow is by us developing more product and having more solutions for designers and doing that in a very regular way so that the collection is growing at a, at a normal rate. Um, and so our focus has really shifted, you know, are we going to spend money on uh, going, let's say, let's go back to the show house example. Um, I mean, we don't do show houses. We provide product for show houses. Um, are we going to do one or two of those this year? Probably. Are we going to do six? No, because the return on that, the greater return that we're going to get on those dollars, if we move them into sampling more product or adding additional colorways or launching another collection in a category that we know is performing well, those are expenses that are directly going to result in a return on that investment. Again, it goes back to like not making decisions with your heart, but going back constantly to the number and the data points you have to make the determinations. And then I have to have the discipline to do what the numbers say and not be a total twat and just think I know better, which I have done in the past. Oh, please. I'm totally, totally guilty. Um, You know, I'm not perfect in that in that respect either. And it you get you get tied up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love all eight patterns. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. The budget <laughs> is not for 24 SKUs. It's for 12. Like, however you want to do that, Sarah, it's, you just have to look at it as SKUs, not as patterns. So um, and you look at the spreadsheet, I'm like, okay, this is what we budgeted for. So, but there's also, the, there's a good side to that too, is that um, it, it really forces you to edit smartly and really decide what is the strongest work? What, what is the how does this expand your collection? How is this moving? How is the work moving forward? And which patterns are, are doing that? And, and that, I think it's okay to, to force yourself to edit. I think it's really good to force yourself to edit, although I, I know it can be difficult if you're, um, you know, when I practice discipline, I get such better results right? Yes. It's just a matter of like having to stern talk to myself. But you know, also you have to have just like you had a sport group when you went through your divorce and that was a horrible traumatic experience. You need a support group when you're launching a business or when you're growing a business. Have you found a group who feeds that purpose for you? 
I have several groups. Um, and the, the other magical thing about switching careers is that, and plus I just, I have a context now. I, you know, I've been through some sticky experiences in life. I had a career before and ran that business. So I, I've, I have a lot of context and um, I have met more people and had such different and amazing experiences in our industry in the last three years than I did in my previous career, like in total. And through that, and perhaps there's just an openness, like I'm, I'm maybe I'm just more of an open person than I was prior. Um, but, you know, each conversation that I've had over the years leads to the next, to the next, like we, we've met, right? And I think of all the steps that got us together. And there are millions of other little stories like that. And so I've kind of assembled this really wonderful network. We don't have a monthly meeting, right? But <laughs> there are all these people kind of all over. Um, but I, I also am involved with a more formalized group. Um, I travel with a, a group of designers. It's called the Design Social Pop-Up. And we go to secondary and tertiary markets and we do these um, one-day design pop-ups where we show our fabrics and wallpapers. Um, we do have a couple of rug companies and um, a furniture line as well. And I've made really great friends and we've started, all, we're all dealing with very similar business struggles. Um, and so one of the women formalized a group. So we have a Slack channel. So we're always kind of chit-chatting, hey, what, you know, what platform are you using? Anybody know anything about this? Um, and then we have a call once a month and we agree on what those topics are. So it, it's very structured. Otherwise you could be, you know, talking about everything. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, one, one conversation, one of the calls was focused specifically on commercial grade and what everybody's using for commercial grades and what kind of returns you're seeing on that. So, um, so that's a really lovely group to, to be a part of. That's amazing. So tertiary markets would be um, like, give me a few examples of those cities. Um, like we went to Lexington, Kentucky um, cool. in, when was that? In March or April this year. Um, we're going to Nashville next week. Actually, oh, for the so fun. Uh, we're going to Sonoma in November. We've been to Charleston, Charlotte, we're going to be in Atlanta. That's the primary market. We'll be in Atlanta next year. So we do four for a year. That's and incredible. It's a, yeah. It's a great way to meet designers. It's very efficient, right? It's one day and everybody's super excited that we're there because they don't have to go to a design center. Like we've come to them. That is so cool. Now, can we find out information about the pop-ups on your website? Uh, Yes, you can. Um, but <laughs> probably more efficient to go to the designsocialpopup.com, um, which lists all of our our events throughout the year. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. It was just such a pleasure to meet you, and you have so much great advice. And you're definitely, definitely going to come back, right? I'm putting her on the right? spot right now. Of course, right? I will. Any, any time, Maybe I'll just have to come to New York, and we'll do the next one live because we just didn't have enough time to hang out. That was way no, too we, fast. We, that was way too fast. We, no, way too fast. So next time, you me, let's let's hang out. I bit. yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. My pleasure, my dear.
Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.